this is Joe and TJ with another episode of our One Thing series. Our desire is that our One Thing series truly helps you to lead better and grow faster. Every month on our podcast, we feature a great guest always on the topic of leadership and we blast it out to you from the schoolhouse302.com. Thank you, TJ. Please share this with other leaders you know that are looking and craving to get better. Thank you. Welcome. So here we are with our guest, Francesca Gino. Thank you for being here with us, Francesca. Welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Excellent. This month, we are focused on going against the grain, putting yourself out there, knowing that what you are doing may be unpopular, but it's the right thing to do. So we're very excited to have Francesca on our podcast. Um, Our podcast features a great leader uh, with proven insights into leadership, um, particularly the one we're focused on for the month. And this month we're talking about rule breaking, um, especially when we're using conflict to solve problems, um, which is interesting because TJ and I being former principals, TJ middle school principal, me a high school principal, you know, we tend to live in a world of rules and conformity. Uh, tough for us. Um, But we also know that rules serve a a purpose, but they can be broken and a lot of times positively, um, as you feature in your new book, Rebel Talent. So you argue that um, this idea of rebel will be one that survives in this ever-changing world. So we're very impressed with your work, Francesca. We thank you for being here. TJ, why don't you share a little bit more about Francesca? Sure thing, Joe. Thank you very much. Uh, Our guest this month is Francesca Gino. As Joe said, Francesca is the Tandon Family Professor of Business Administration in the Negotiation Organizations and Markets Unit at Harvard Business School. She's also formally affiliated with Program of Negotiation at Harvard Law School with the Mind Brain Behavior Institute at Harvard and with the Behavioral Insight Group at the Harvard Kennedy School. Professor Gino has won numerous awards for her teaching, including the HBS Faculty Award by Harvard Business School's MBA class of 2015, and for her research, including the 2013 Cummings Scholarly Achievement Award from the Academy of Management Organizational Behavior Division. In 2015, Francesca was chosen by poets and quaints to be among their 40 under 40. Professor Gino is an author of Sidetracked, Why Our Decisions Get Derailed and How We Can Stick to the Plan, and Rebel Talent, Why It Pays to Break the Rules at Work and in Life. Okay, Dr. Gino, let's talk about rebel characteristics in the workplace, how we should view rebels differently. These are the people who bring about positive change and innovation. And uh, what are some of the ways companies can embrace tension and conflict to solve problems and become better. We want to hear anything that you might say about leadership, positive rebel behavior, and maximizing dissension. Well, the first lesson or message for leaders is that they should try to think about rebels in a different way. I think that we all tend to think about rebels the wrong way. In fact, we seem to have a very fixed idea of rebels in the business world. So people like Apple visionary Steve Jobs come to mind. 
And these rebels, at least the stories go, are very creative, clearly innovative, but also quite difficult to work with. Sometimes they're even described as control freaks who create all sorts of chaos, or as people you rather not have as a boss or as an employee. And so I think there is an opportunity to really think of rebels as people who are not destructive, who are not bad for the business, rather people who are good for the business. Rebels are people who challenge the status quo in ways that really drive positive change. And that's important because if we think of them differently, I bet we're going to be more open in thinking about ways in which we can model rebel behaviors as leaders, but also encourage others to do the same. Now, in the book, I try to identify what I believe is the recipe <laughs> to success uh, of rebels. And so I talk about five ingredients, five rebel talents. One is the talent for novelty. So is the idea of rather than falling on comfortable routines or going with the status quo, really embracing the idea of challenge and something new. Uh, the second talent is the talent for curiosity. Uh, which is, again, linked to the idea of exploring new activities and rather than accepting processes or traditions for granted, really asking questions about them and have that sense of wonder that we used to have when we were little children. There is then the talent for perspective. So rather than coming to the table with one view, which is usually our own perspective, uh, really staying open-minded and looking at problems from multiple angles. Then there is the talent for diversity. So rebels are people who think quite carefully about who they go to for advice or for second opinions, and they have very broad networks in a way that allow them to really leverage differences. And finally, there is the talent for authenticity. And this means not following what others are doing or nodding our heads for uh, the fact that we want to agree with what others are saying, but rather really expressing who we are and playing to our strengths uh, more often. So these are the five talents that Rebel seems to have, no matter what industry they work in or what organizations they work for. Francesca, that's that's wonderful. And I love the fact that you've been able to almost curate that into five areas and five talents. To follow up on that, do you feel that managers and leaders, you know, one, one of the reasons that they struggle with rebels um, really is just not only that difference of opinion, um, but the disruption it causes on, you know, the, the climate of the organization. So yes, it may lead to innovation, it may lead to some improvements, but in the meantime, there's also some casualties in their wake. Can you speak to that a little bit? And because uh, I know some will fear ex embracing these rebels because of the toxic climate, they're afraid it may produce. Yeah, and it's not only that, but it also is being afraid of the fact that you're losing some control as a leader if you really encourage rebelliousness because rebelliousness comes from a place or basically asking others to be who they are, to ask questions rather than accepting things for granted, to find ways to be challenged in the work that they do and to always uh, open conversations rather than closing them down. And so I often see and hearing leaders this 
fear that all of a sudden you're going to become inefficient, all of a sudden that you're going to lose out on productivity. And yes, oftentimes that even you're going to end up with a toxic culture or chaos if you give others a little bit of control and encourage these different talents. But what is interesting is that that fear is misplaced. The organizations that have the chance to study that really encourage rebelliousness are organizations where two things seems to be true. One is that people, given that they're trusted and they're encouraged to bring their best selves out, almost have a better judgment. So they know situations in which they need to put their heads down and then just get the work done or where they should really follow in rules. So it's interesting that by losing some control, you're actually feeling, making others trust you more in a way that allows them to have good judgment in terms of when to break um, rules or not. And second, in organizations that I've seen that encourage rebelliousness, there is much more clarity and transparency about rules that really should not be touched. So as a very simple example, one of the organizations I spend time at is Aerial Investments. So this is a money management firm based in Chicago. And if you look at the leaders, they're really encouraging perspective. They're encouraging diversity. They're encouraging authenticity. They're encouraging a lot of these talents. And yet you can go to any of the employees and ask, and they would tell you which rules should not be touched. So for example, there is a rule that when a letter goes out to a client, three different people need to look at it to make sure that there are no typos or that everything is clear. That is a rule that nobody would ever think of questioning or not following. And so this higher level of clarity or transparency, I think also help prevent the issue of ending up with chaos or with a toxic culture. Yeah, that's a tremendous example. And I think that really helps clarify um, working within some boundaries of like some non-negotiables. Thank you. Um, that's excellent. Uh, let's move on, Francesca, to what we call our um, our five one thing series. And this really can dig into specific areas um, that can help our listeners. Um, one area, our first question is, who is one person or group who you follow for either knowledge or inspiration and where could we find them? <laughs> so I'll give you two actually as an answer. One is uh, a journalist, an American journalist and, and the science correspondent for NPR. His name is Shankar Vedantam. I just love his podcast. Um, is the host of Hidden Brain. And so it's a place where he's the one actually going to people that I'd love to uh, learn more from. And so I've been listening to his posters um, for quite some time. And then as another source of inspiration, I go to all sorts of colleagues here on HBS campus. So one of the things that I love about this place and this job is that learning never ends, that you always feel challenged in one way or another in the work that we do. And so one of the things that I love to do is go and watch other professors teach. And what you see in the case discussion is different students debating ideas and often raising issues that I had not thought about when reading the case. And that is just a wonderful experience. And sometimes you also see other great professors struggle, maybe because the student 
took a direction that the professor didn't expect. And so I think um, it makes you think about the challenges of the work and how we can always try to be better at, at what we do. So those are two sources of knowledge and information that to me are quite inspiring for different reasons. Thank you for that, uh, Francesca. We will link back to Hidden Brain. And also, I, you know, we love the concept of watching people teach, learning from teachers, and specifically working in the moment. Uh, there's nothing better than uh, watching somebody at their craft and then watching them try to pick up the pieces when it's falling apart a little bit. So great. Thank you for that. Our next question is, what's the one thing that people should try to do, in your opinion, on a regular basis that might make a difference in their day or life? Being a rebel is the thing that I would suggest they do. I think we all need more rebelliousness in our lives. When we rebel, we find more enjoyment in work, play, and interactions with others. But one of the problems is that most of us don't know how to break the rules in productive ways. So when I think about my own study of constructive rebellious, I have looked both at the workplace, but also a lot of stories come from personal life. And I'm still learning to be a rebel. And in fact, I created some guidelines that people can check out. They're on the book website, rebeltalents.org. And they're called Seven Days of Rule Breaking. And so uh, most of us are, in fact, not born rebels. But if um, listeners are like me after trying the rebel life, they won't want to go back. So, Francesca, would you say, before we ask our next question, would you say that being a rebel is not in your, your um, typical makeup and your, in your general nature and it's something you're looking to do more so? I think we all have the five rebel talents we talked about in ourselves, but in order to use them on a regular basis and to really bring them out and embrace them, um, we need to be a little bit courageous. That doesn't come naturally to us. And so for me, living like a rebel is a matter of trying little things and following a lot of the suggestions that I have throughout the book, but you also require a broader commitment to exploring ways of being in the world that may at first feel wrong because uh, we're being courageous by embracing these talents. Thank you. Our third question is, what's the one thing that you would want to know or be able to do that you don't already? I'd like to know how to play the piano. It's something that I've always wanted to do and never really uh, gotten myself into studying and doing. And so I have now a piano in the house. I thought that that would be a good nudge. Um, still didn't quite work in <laughs> uh, getting me to go to class. And so now I um, have my five and a half year old going to piano classes. And as part of his homework, he has to teach me. That's awesome. Playing an instrument, that's a great, that's a great talent to have. And uh, there's nothing like learning alongside of a five-year-old. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> our next question, what's the one thing that led to or continues to support your growth as a leader that others might be able to replicate? Uh, an interesting exercise that I did a while back that really opened my eyes was to sit down and list the people I go to at work when I need a piece of advice or maybe I want to test some ideas or brainstorm ideas. And then I went back to the same list and I wrote down about 10, 12 people and I put a number next to each person and the number indicated 
how similar the person was to me in their way of thinking. And so five would be very similar to me and one would be very dissimilar to me. And what I've noticed to my greatest surprise is that there were a lot of four and fives. And I feel that if we really want to grow in our work and be challenged, we should have broad networks. And so that was a great exercise for me to think about how to identify three or four other people who I could, in fact, reach out to to feel that challenge and to make sure that I grow in what I do. I think that's profound. I've, you know, that's a great tool that many people can take away, Frances, because so often we just want people to agree with us or we're just looking for affirmation or confirmation that what we were thinking or doing was right. So really trying to stretch, um, I think that's a nice way to approach how and you know who we're reaching out to and how they may differ in their opinion. Um, our, our fifth question is what's one thing that you used to think that you don't anymore? I used to think that milk for breakfast had to be white. <laughs> and now I am much more open to the idea that I can have a colorful breakfast. And for people out there who don't understand the reference, it goes um, to a story that I share in the book that was actually quite powerful for me. And it's a story of my uh, son, who at the time was about four, four and a half. And he was up for breakfast, ready to eat his milk with cereal. And at some point, he looked at my husband and said, Daddy, can I have those bottles that we used at Easter to color eggs? And so my husband went to the cabinet, picked up the bottles for Alex, brought them back and said, Alex, what are you going to do with them? And Alex smiled and he said, I'm going to color my milk. And it was really interesting to see the face of my husband. He was completely puzzled by Alex's answer. And he looked back at Alex and said, Alex, we don't do that. And Alex looked back at him and said, why not? And my husband looked even more puzzled by Alex's answer. And then he looked at me and said, mommy, we don't do that, right? And as we were trying to figure it out and see if, in fact, milk can be of a different color rather than white, Alex had opened up the bottle of the red coloring and put red coloring in his milk. And all of a sudden, his cereals were swimming happily in pink milk and it was just a great moment where I started thinking about the rules that I might be putting out there at work, uh, in my relationship, in my parenting that really need to be questioned or at least we should be curious about them. Yeah, that's a great story um, and it shows like the power of like our even our culture and how we can get uh, kind of caught up in the way that things are. It's something that we like to challenge often is just that's the way we do things. And uh, it doesn't have to be that way. So pink milk it is. Uh, great. <laughs> um, that was fantastic. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of simple strategies here that people can use and put into place right away. Um, I know I'm going to make my list of people and see how similar they are to me um, and, and the type of uh, diversity we need in our thinking. So thank you for that. We always say that leadership might be complex, but it certainly doesn't have to be complicated. Francesca, is there anything else that you would like to add today for our listeners? 
two quick things. One is another practice that I took on after working on this book, which is in addition to having performance goals, I now have learning goals. And it's something that we can all do that really allows us to stay open-minded and to look at life with the same type of curiosity that we had when we were children. So that's uh, another strategy or suggestion that I would make. And then the second one is some people, as we were seeing earlier, are really afraid of this idea of rebelliousness. And so maybe a good way to start is to understand which type of talents come naturally to them. So I prepared a free assessment that is online, again, on the book website that people can take to understand really which talents um, come more naturally to them. And then they're going to receive some tips on maybe other talents that they could consider uh, using. That's awesome. So we'll link back to that as well. Um, when the blog post goes out, we will make sure that there's a link there so that our listeners can get to that assessment quickly. So there you have it, Francesca Gino. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to follow our blog, theschoolhouse302.com for blog posts, podcasts, and video blogs all on topic of leadership. And we hope you enjoyed our One Thing series on how leaders can rebel but do so appropriately within the context of their environment. Thank you, Francesca. Thank you so much for having me.